I just don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Michelle. And I'm Kirsten. And it's my story time up again. Again. I'm just going to read some stories off Let's Not Meet again, because I think people really enjoyed the last episode. I know I did. It was really cool. I liked them a lot. So, um, we're just going to roll roll right into it. Roll with the punches. Also, um, if you haven't already, go subscribe to our Patreon. We don't have any patrons yet, so I know if you're listening to this, you haven't subscribed. Yeah. Also, um, if you're feeling frisky, you know, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever. Rate us, please. We need some ratings up there. We need some reviews. Yeah, I really want to know what people actually think of the podcast. Yeah. Like, if what we could do better on, Mm -hmm. what you guys like. Also, if you, you know, if you have any stories or any case ideas, make sure you DM us, Instagram, Facebook. I don't know if you can message the page on Facebook. I might have it turned off, but I will turn it on. Message us, Facebook. You have DM all kinds us on of opportunities. Twitter, TikTok, we're everywhere. Just do all that. And the email, tcstpod at gmail.com. Yes. Make sure you put story or case idea in the subject line. So we know to look at it. Yeah. And maybe you'll be featured. And we know we're getting listened to. We see y'all, Okay. Yeah, so. I know there's people out there listening. I know we're not just speaking into the void. For real. So, do the things. Do all the please. things. Yeah. I say please. But I'm being, trying to be passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> please, just do it. Just do just it. Just do it. <laughs> Alright, let's get into reading some of the stories I have today. I'm ready, let's go. Okay, let's get it. So, the first story I am reading is by T-Bug411. And the title is, Florida Woman Crawled Out of My Hotel Mirror to Rob Me. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, this past Monday, my coworkers and I returned to our hotel from a day of work out in the field. Rebecca and I walked to our rooms, and as we stood outside of our rooms, I opened mine, and I saw someone in the bathroom. I said, hello? Nobody answered. My first instinct was that it was the cleaning lady in there for some reason. And then I saw my bag with my clothes in her hands. I said to my coworker, there's a woman in my room. Then I asked the woman, what are you doing with my stuff? It gets a little fuzzy here because I can't remember everything I said and what she said, but she kept mumbling about how her key still worked, how it still worked, and that's how she got it in. She got it in? (laughs) She got it in. That's how she got it in. <laughs> I have to leave that in there, dude. I'm okay. not taking that out. I already laughed it. Though, so. Okay, I'm still leaving it. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me back up. Okay. It still worked. And that's how she got in. Okay. <laughs> Makes more sense. Okay. I was in shock, and she was obviously very flustered having been caught mid-robbery. 
She dropped my bags and fumbled around with her purse in a white plastic bag. By this time, my co-worker was behind me, watching all the insanity unfold. This woman was scrambling and walking towards the door, and I said, What's in the bag? Thinking, it is probably my stuff. And so she said, No, no, it's just my things. It's just my things. I'll show you. And so she did. I looked and I didn't see anything of mine, and so, since I'm obviously in shock this time, I let her leave. I went into my room, and it's been ransacked. I did a quick look around to see if anything had been taken. All of my electronics were still there. Then I went into the bathroom, and I saw my underwear, my bikini, and my clothes shoved into my own bags randomly. Even my passport was shoved in there. Then I looked on the counter, and I saw that she had gotten to my medication. I'm not sure what was going through my head at the moment, other than I wanted it back, so I ran out of the door to go find her. I ran to the laundry room downstairs and out to the sides of the hotel, and I didn't see her. I realized I was never going to find her, so my coworker and I went down to the lobby to tell them what happened, and then we called the police. We went back up to my room to wait, and I noticed that there is a metal bat on my bed, a little larger than one of those novelty wooden bats you can get at a baseball game, but there's also a flashlight on the end. She must have left it behind in her hurry. She also left behind a necklace that must have fallen out of her bag when she was scrambling with mine. I was mostly freaking out at this point because I thought that she had gotten away with my medication that I need. The police got there and took our statements and looked around the room as well. One thing that I noticed, that there were bits of drywall in the sink, and I pointed that out to the cops, but none of us really knew where it came from. We started looking at the door and the windows to see if she just pried her way in somehow, but there was nothing. So we kind of just went with the idea that she had a spare key or something, even though the hotel front desk was adamant that there is no way that could be. The officer that came brought two more officers as backup because they thought the woman might still be in the vicinity. But after our statements were taken, there was nothing else they could really do, so they left. I sat down to finally make some calls to tell people, and as I'm on the phone, I'm thinking about the drywall in the sink, and it still didn't make sense to me. So I'm on the phone and looking at the drywall and the mirror on the wall right above it, and then it hit me. I got my coworker and asked her to help me pull out this mirror on the wall. And we took the mirror down, and there's a hole there, just big enough for a desperate junkie to squeeze through. I asked Brian and Rebecca if I should call the cops again to let them know that I found this, and my boss said, There's still two cop cars in the parking lot. Cop kind of rolled her eyes, but the young guy said, I'll come check it out. They both came back up, looked in the hole, and found a pillow, blankets, cigarettes, clothes, toothbrushes, this woman had been living in the wall behind my mirror for God knows how long. What the fuck? She had access to me in my room at all times. I know it might be hard to picture. There was a crawl space about two feet wide in between the two rows of rooms. One of the officers called the original officer to come back and take pictures of this. She explained to him what's going on and all I hear over the radio is, No fucking way. He comes back takes pictures, and is just as mind-blown as the rest of us. Obviously, we packed up and left immediately. What's even crazier is she probably has been there a long time. The last time we stayed at this hotel, I would randomly smell cigarette smoke, and I assumed someone was smoking in their bathroom, and it was just traveling through the vents. But nope, 
a junkie was smoking just on the other side of my mirror. What the fuck? She had access to other rooms, too. The holes in the walls were from a renovation, and the hotel hadn't properly patched and just covered up with mirrors. She could have been hanging out in people's rooms when they were gone. Anyway, this was insane, and I'm taking a little time off. Um, posting from mobile, so sorry if the formatting is off. And then they left a photo of the picture of the hole. I'm about to click on it. So I can see. What the heck? Yeah. That's nuts. Right? I thought so too. That's so creepy. That reminds me of, did you ever see that TikTok about the girl that found the hole in her apartment, the hole behind the mirror in her apartment? Oh yeah. And, and she went she through in there and there was like a whole other apartment. Yeah. But no, this was just a junkie living in the wall. That's crazy. Yeah, I know, right? And that's a, these are true. Mm-hmm. These are real. Yep. That's nuts. Well, obviously it's pretty real. She left a picture. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Duh. All right. On to the next story. It's by Kenny C 5576 And the title is, What Was She Planning to Do to Me? Hmm. One time, I went to the bar with one of my friends. I had just turned 21, so I haven't been to much bars up to that point. My friend was drinking on the way to the bar, so he was already pretty drunk when we got there. When I sat at the bar, a cute girl came and talked to me and my friend. She said her name was Candace, and I noticed that she had really, really bright red hair. I assumed she dyed it. It was pretty, but unnatural. Anyways, this girl was flirting with me and my friend. She could tell my friend was already very drunk. To be honest, I played along like I was drunk already too, since it seemed to be working for my friend. I didn't know if she was just trying to get free drinks, so I told her we didn't have much money. She offered to buy us drinks. She kept buying us drinks, and I started to get confused as to who she liked between me and my friend. My friend went to the bathroom. Before he came back, he was kicked out by the bouncers. He was too drunk. Candace and I went outside with him. She kept telling him to go home with her. He was so out of it, he could barely answer her. I told her he was too drunk and that I couldn't let him go anywhere. I didn't want him to wake up hungover in some random house with no car and no idea what happened. Candace kept pushing it, saying that she would take care of him, but I told her no because I had to stay with him. I was more sober than him and he was my responsibility. That's a good friend right there, by the way. That is a really good friend. I told her the only way he was going anywhere was if I tagged along, cock blocking my friend, but... My friend could barely stand and lost interest in Candace already at that point. She immediately started flirting with me and offered to get my friend a taxi to drive him home and said we could go to her place alone. At this point, I had a few drinks and I was pretty buzzed, so I agreed. We took my friend to the taxi and walked to her car. I slightly stumbled on the way to her car. Wow, you're pretty drunk, huh? She said, smiling as she held onto my arm. Yeah, I said. I don't know why, but I just felt slightly shy and anxious. Everything was just happening too easy for me, so I felt uneasy. We got in her car, we drove down the, and we drove down the street. Want to stop at the liquor store and get some more to drink? I'll buy it, so don't worry about paying, she offered. I didn't want to drink any more than I already did. I was already buzzed and wanted to be able to carry myself throughout the rest of the night. Sometimes I made myself look stupid when I'm drunk, so I didn't want to ruin anything with Candace more than I already did earlier with telling her my friend was too drunk. 
I told her I was already drunk enough, but she insisted. I didn't want to seem lame, so I told her to get me a pint of liquor with some apple juice to chase it. She went in the store and came out with a lot more than just a pint. I assumed she wanted to drink more also, and that's why she got a fifth instead of a pint. On the car ride, we passed the bottle back and forth, and she took tiny sips. I tried to take tiny sips, but she kept passing me the bottle and telling me to drink. I somehow managed to drink all of my apple juice and pretend to drink the bottle by spitting the liquor in the apple juice bottle. I tossed the apple juice bottle full of liquor out the window before she saw it. I didn't want her to know I was acting drunker than I was. She actually believed I was sloppy drunk when I was simply buzzed. I took a couple more sips of liquor and finished the bottle. Throughout the car ride, I called her the wrong name a couple of times to get a reaction out of her. She didn't react to it. She just kept letting me call her Carlo without correcting me. For some reason, I thought she lied to me about her name initially. We drove up to her house. I pretended to trip and stumbled into her front door. She helped me walk inside by holding me up. She opened her front door, which was unlocked. We walked in her house. She closed her front door and then locked it. I thought that was strange, but assumed she didn't want anyone walking in on us. I told her that I had to use the bathroom. I walked into her bathroom, locked the door, and looked in the mirror. I just felt strange. I felt like something was off. I felt myself becoming more drunk from finishing the bottle earlier. I turned on the sink to make noise and made myself puke up the liquor I drank. I flushed and went to the sink and started drinking the tap water out of my hands to sober up. I just didn't want to be drunk, but I still wanted to hook up with Candace, so I wanted to pretend to be drunk. I turned the sink off and I could hear her talking to someone else. He's drunk as hell. He can barely stand up. You do it. Who is she talking to? And do what? I walked out of the bathroom and into the living room. The moment I stepped into the living room, I saw her walking into another room. All I could see was the back of her head. That very strange, very bright hair go into another room. I didn't see her face or anything. I just saw her kind of walk fast into the room. The living room is pretty dark. Hey, where are you going? I slurred like I was drunk. She walked back into the dark living room and up to me. Let's go in my room, she said. I looked at her bright red hair and then into her eyes. They were different. Her face was different. It was another girl with the same hair. That's when I realized. It was another girl with the same wig on. It was a wig the whole time. She had changed it with the girl from earlier for whatever reason. My heart felt like it stopped, but I tried to look like I had no idea it was a different girl. I kind of smiled at her and told her I just needed to use the bathroom one more time and told her sorry I was so drunk. She said, it's fine, just hurry up in there. I went into the bathroom and locked the door. I heard her whisper something to someone again. This time I think I heard a male voice whisper back. I honestly didn't concentrate on listening to exactly what she said. Something sketchy was going on, and I had to get out of that house. I opened the bathroom window and jumped straight out of it and ran faster than I ha have ever ran in my life. I didn't look behind myself or anything. I just ran through the backyard, jumped the fence, ran through someone else's backyard, hit a road, and ran toward the main road. 
I kept running down the main road until I saw a 24-hour convenience store. I ran into the store and stood straight at the front of the store in front of the camera. I called a taxi and went home. I try to think what happened that night. What was she, or they, planning that night? Why did she tell me a fake name? Why was she trying to get my friend and I so drunk? I thought maybe a robbery, but she kept spending money on us. She kept buying us drinks and even paid for my friend's taxi cab. And mostly, why did she wear a wig that she gave to another girl to wear? Who was she talking to? What did it mean? And what was in that room that they tried to lure me into? And there's an edit. The next day after this incident, I went back to the house with a couple of friends to see what was going on. Nobody was there. No cars, no people, nothing. Just an empty house. I ended up finding out that the house was a summer rental, and whoever those people were, they broke into that house and used it for only the night and never came back. That's so chilling. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. person could have died. For sure. They could have been murdered. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Yeah, pretty scary. It really makes you wonder what was actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, what were their real intentions? What was she planning to do to me? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, I thought so, too. Lucky. They're lucky. For sure. It is by Sweaty Ev, and the title is, I Was On Someone's Kill List. Ooh. Let's get into it. Okay. After high school, many years ago, I was in a bad place. My guardian had kicked me out after graduation. She didn't help me find a place to stay, so I lived in my car for a couple months. I met some heavy metal dudes at work one day. I had seen them around town, and all my other friends knew who they were. Everyone loved them. We became friends over a couple of months, and they offered for me to move in with them. I agreed. Looking back now, I wish I had just stayed in my car. My two main roommates were brothers, named Andrew and Seth. They were in a band. They also believed in the occult, and anything of that sort. I never really believed in that stuff, but I'm not one to tell someone what they should believe. They had let me live with them rent-free for several months, so who was I to complain? Being the only female in a house full of young men, I was always looking over my shoulder. You never know who you can trust. Turns out I was right to worry. Over time, their friends started to stay with us for longer periods of time, sometimes weeks. The friends were another group of brothers that they had gone to school with. There were five brothers in total, but only two stayed with us consistently. The younger brother, Mark, was very polite. He cleaned up after, he cleaned up after himself and always helped with the household chores. The other brother, Adam, had a laundry list of mental problems. He had apparently done some bad drugs back in the day, and it had developed into what seemed like psychosis of the religious sort. He had done time in prison for assaulting a woman with a Bible. He would often look you in the eyes and tell you he could see how you would die. Once, he told me that I was possessed by a demon, and I needed my soul cleansed. Everyone in the house knew he had these problems, but he was their friend. They helped him through the hard times and gave him a place to stay. Otherwise, he would be on the streets. I was always on guard around him after the things he told me. No one else seemed to be as concerned as I was. They should have been. One day, I was sleeping and my phone rang. It was my boss. 
He asked if I could come into work an hour early. It was only 12 p.m. I was broke and had nothing better to do, so I said yes. I got up and began getting ready to leave. I walked out into the living room to see Mark and Andrew sitting on the couch while Adam sat on the floor by the TV. He was watching scripture videos on YouTube. Some real end of day shit. That was fairly common, so I went about my business. I said goodbye and left for work. My shift at work was almost complete when the phone rang. My boss answered, handed the phone to me, and said, for you. I was just a cashier, so I assumed it was a friend that couldn't reach me on my phone. I answered the phone and heard a man's voice that I didn't recognize. Hi, this is Detective Williams. Something happened at your apartment today, and we need you to come to the station to talk about it. I left work immediately. I had assumed one of the brothers had been arrested for drug dealing or something. I was very wrong. I got to the station and was buzzed in. An officer escorted me to a small, cold room with a camera. He gave me a bottle of water and left me by myself for about 30 minutes. My mind was racing, thinking about what could have happened. He came back in and informed me that Adam had stabbed and killed Andrew at around 1 p.m. I was shocked. I had just left the house an hour before it happened, and everything seemed fine. I asked if there had been a fight. The detective informed me that there hadn't been a fight, and it seemed to have happened out of nowhere. I gave my statement to the police and left with nowhere to go, still in shock and confused out of my mind. Our apartment was a crime scene, so I went to another friend's house to watch the news report, since the police wouldn't give me any information on the case. Over the next couple of days, the information began to be released. Adam hadn't just stabbed Andrew once, not twice, but he had stabbed him over and over and nearly decapitated him. What the fuck? After the murder, he ran down the road, still holding the murder weapon. He called 911 and informed them what he had done. I watched the news report in horror. We had known he was unstable, but this? He had fully confessed to the brutal murder and provided police with his notebooks. He had apparently been planning to murder all of his brothers, my roommates, and me. He thought we were possessed by demons, and this was the only way to free us. Luckily, none of his other intended victims were there that day. Mark unfortunately witnessed the murder, but he luckily escaped. If I hadn't gotten that call from my boss, I wouldn't be alive today. So, to the man who brutally murdered my friend and wanted to murder me... Let's never meet again. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. People are nuts, dude. They really are. Like, how? How, how like, do you do that? The things that go through some people's mind is just... Crazy? Crazy. Yeah. Literally crazy. For sure. This story is by Whimsy Moth. Whimsy Moth. Guy at a bar roofies my beer and tries to convince my friends to let me go home with him. Hmm. Last night, my friends, my crush, and I agreed to meet at my favorite bar after work. I was a bit early since I got to leave work 30 minutes early, so I went inside and ordered a beer for myself. There was a huge, muscular guy with a long-ass ponytail sitting at the bar, and the seat next to him was empty. He offered me to sit down, and so I did. We had some small talk, and he seemed nice enough 
just asked me why I'm all alone, and he kept talking about how I looked so uneasy and nervous, and that I should relax. It was weird, but he had an almost empty bottle of vodka in front of him, so I really didn't think anything of it. My friends finally arrived just as I finished my first beer, and we went to sit at a table. I had three more bottles of beer, and we were having a great time. Whenever I went to the toilet, that guy from the bar was there, asking me if I was okay. That was pretty strange, but at the time, I felt just a little tipsy, and everything was alright. At some point, I started to feel sick, so I went outside to have a cigarette and get some cold air. The guy followed me outside and asked if I was alright. I was starting to get weirded out at that point. The bar was super full, but he really seemed to watch me all night. I went back inside, ordered a glass of water, and told my friends that I wasn't feeling well and would be going home. They all offered to bring me home, which I am so darn grateful for looking back. I took a sip of water, and then it all just hit me. I ran outside and threw up. I could barely stand up all of a sudden, so I sat down on a staircase and kept throwing up. My friends found me a few minutes later and kept arguing about whether they should take me to a taxi or carry me home. Then the guy from the bar showed up. He kept saying that he lives just down the street and that I could sleep on his couch. My co-worker, who is basically like an older brother to me, got really pissed and told that guy to fuck off. They forced me to stand up, which was almost impossible at that point, and somehow dragged me to my friend's place, where I went to sleep hugging a bucket and feeling like I was going to die any second. This morning, I wasn't able to stand up for hours. When I did, it resulted in instant vomiting. It was 1 p.m. when I finally managed to go to the train station, get something to eat and drink, and head home. I'm still shaking and sweating, and everything looks blurry. So, weird guy from the bar, I hope we never, ever meet again. And I hope you won't be doing this to other girls. That's sick. Yeah, for real. People actually do that. Mm-hmm. Pretty disgusting. That's, like, terrifying. That's why, like, I'm glad that me and Logan got together, like, before I had turned 21. Mm-hmm. And I never have to, like, worry about going out without him if I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. If I want him to come with me, he'll always be there. Right. It's just... I was going to say being a female, but really being anybody. Yeah. It happened to anybody. For sure. And I've seen, like, videos on TikTok about how easy it is to, like, drug somebody's drink at a bar. Yeah. It's nuts. It's just nuts. I just choose not terrifying. to go to bars, period. Yeah. I'll just drink at home if I want to drink. Like, yeah. that's just how I feel about it. Like, I don't really like going to the bar. Honestly, I don't. I'm not really partiers. Like, I'll go- I don't mind going to a bar every once in a while, but... Like, that's not my first choice. I'm not like, oh, I want to go out to the bar. If you do like that, more power to you. It's just not my thing. Not my scene. And, like, usually if we want to drink, like, us together, Mm -hmm. we'll, like, go to your house and drink. Yeah. We never, like, go out in public. Right. Exactly. We just chill in the comfort of our home. For real. Who who wants to sit at a bar? I would much rather sit on my couch. sweaty people. I mean, the food is good, but I can make just as good of food at my house. You know what's even better? Having a bonfire at your house, Mm -hmm. cooking out, drinking. I'm just saying, I can cook. I can cook. Okay. She can cook. 
she can cook and she mm. can grill out too. Mm-hmm. I sure can. She sure can. And I would can. much rather do that. This summer's gonna be lit. Litty titty. Litty titty, <laughs> dude. Anyway, <laughs> let's continue. Okay. Smell the wheel. Smell the wheel. Okay, anyways. I'm done. This next story is by Sir Clorox. Nice. And the title is Grinder Horror Story. Well, all horror stories seem to start on Grinder or Tinder. <laughs> right? <laughs> I live in a small city in Romania, about 30k inhabitants. Romania isn't exactly known for their tolerance of gay people. It's not as bad as other places, such as Russia, but the situation is definitely not rosy here either. I get on Grinder and meet a guy. 18 years old, apparently. The guy didn't have a picture of his face as his PFP because it's too dangerous. He had a picture of a rose drawing. Most guys on Grinder here don't have pictures of themselves. We talk for a bit and I really like the guy. And then we finally accept to exchange face pictures. I send him a selfie of myself and he sends me a picture of a guy from our city. He was cute and I really, really liked him, so I told him, Hey, I saw you around the city. Didn't know you were gay too. We talk and finally arrange to meet. I had some errands to run at the tailor shop. My cousin's bachelorette party is coming next week and I had to adjust my favorite shirt, so I asked him to meet me in front of the tailor shop. The building in which the tailor shop is located has four stories. The ground floor is a clothes shop, which my aunt works at. The first floor is a storage room, and the third floor is a barber salon. The, fir- the fourth floor was the tailor shop. I go to the tailor shop and then go to the clothes shop on the ground floor to visit my aunt and see how she's doing. As I was looking out the window of the clothes shop, I noticed there were five men, all of them in their late 20s behind the building. None of them was the guy I got the picture of, and none of them even looked remotely close to what the guy looked like. I text the guy I was supposed to meet and ask him if he made it to the tailor shop. As soon as I send the message, one of the five guys' phones lit up, and he started texting. As soon as he stopped texting, I got a notification from Grinder. I'm behind the tailor shop. I went there to smoke so no one would see me. Come smoke with me. I was terrified as I realized I wasn't going to meet the guy in the picture. He tries to get me to go behind the tailor shop, and I try to get him to the side of it. There were no windows to the side of the building, so after a few tries, he agreed to meet me at the side of the tailor shop. All five guys went to the side of the tailor shop. I peeked my head from the door, looked left and right, and as soon as I saw my way was clear, I ran for it. Grinder cutie, let's not meet. Also, there's a nice edit. Okay. I bumped into the cute guy the next day and started talking to him. I opened my phone and pretended to use it, and I went on Grinder. I saw him look at my screen and ask me, You're, you know? I say yes, because I actually knew he was gay too, and he says, Me too. I told him about the incident, and he got kind of scared, as the guys used his picture. On a more positive note, he agreed to go out with me once school starts again. Aw, cute. Yeah. So he actually got to go on a date with a real guy in the picture? Yep. That's cute. But that's scary. Yeah, seriously. I can't imagine how, like, 
gay people and like people of the lgbtq community like act like really have to go through this yeah, stuff for real and like are scared to like go on dating sites because stuff like this could happen especially in other countries yeah i i feel like it's more it's not always accepted in the united states but i feel like it's yeah. more accepted mm-hmm. and more talked about yeah for sure and i have no idea how it is in other countries no in other countries it's really bad yeah that's just horrible yeah for sure this is the next story and the last story. Okay. Story by Sip of Sunshine. And the title is, I was someone else's let's not meet. Oh. This was years ago, but I still tell this story to my friends anytime I get the chance. I was the baddie in someone's let's not meet. Like the bad person. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I entered a relationship with a very close friend named Ivory. After Ivory and I broke up, we stayed good friends. When Ivory's birthday came around, she asked me to come to the birthday party she was having. The first leg of the evening was at a restaurant I'd never been to a few towns over. Afterward, we would all return to a mutual friend's house for beverages and relaxation. One of Ivory's friends had volunteered to drive us all to the restaurant but I'd heard plenty of stories about her terrible driving. As a result, I opted to chauffeur myself in a luxurious minivan. Yes, I drove a minivan in high school. Ivory's friend told me 7 p.m., so at 7 p.m., my black ass rolled into the parking lot. (laughs) I called Ivory to let her know I had arrived, but they were just leaving. I overheard Ivory tell her friend, If you tell him, he seven, he's there at seven this all meant i had about a half an hour of boredom before i'd have company being the introvert i am i decided not to go inside and wait like a normal person same instead i decided to listen to whatever angsty music i was into at the time probably heartbeat by childish cambino (laughs) moreover i also didn't park right near the restaurant The restaurant was located in a plaza, a strip with several other stores along either side. For some reason, I thought it'd be weird for patrons to see me just sitting there like some waiting weirdo. Instead, I parked at the far end of the plaza by a supermarket. I could still see the restaurant and there were fewer cars on this side of the parking lot. Five minutes goes by, I'm rapidly switching through songs. Ten minutes goes by, I'm bored like a piece of pine in a woodshop class. Out of the abyssal silence of boredom, I felt the hum of a text come through. Ivory had texted me. Thank God, a brief reprieve from this boredom. As I'm composing a response, I get this weird feeling. You know, that feeling like someone is watching you. Like you can almost hear their eyes. I felt something unnerving, so I looked up from the glow of my phone into the darkness before me. What I saw was a family of four. There was a woman, her husband, and their two children. All four were looking at me intensely. The woman was standing in front of her two children, with her hands outstretched as though to shield them from a proleptic and palpable existential danger. The look in her eyes was of sheer horror. Like a waiter had asked her, is Pepsi okay? (laughs) I have never seen such utter panic so visible on someone's face. And I once had to 
physically intervened to prevent an armed assailant from attacking someone. The woman slowly crept forward, family inching behind her. She began moving toward the driver's side, closer to me with each step, and with each step her terror rising. At this point, I'm beginning to panic, because I have no clue why this woman and her family are snarling at me so aggressively. Did they mistake me for Ajit Pai? I don't know who that is, but... Ajit Pai? I don't know. Probably some famous person. Without warning, the husband says something I cannot hear through the glass. He extends his arm and points to my left. His wife, children, and I all simultaneously follow his hand. He was pointing five spots to the left of my car, where an almost identical one sat. The mother threw her head back in a single burst of laughter as she unlocked her car. <laughs> this family left the grocery store to find a black teen dressed in all black sitting in their car. He then proceeded to maintain eye contact for what felt like an eternity. My perplexed expression likely appeared as a more sinister one, especially in the crepuscular light. I'm just glad that they realized where their car was before anyone got hurt or police got called. So, family who thought I was in their car at night, I promise we totally can meet. I'm actually a really nice guy who doesn't steal cars. That's that's so funny. I know. I love how he said, <laughs> I rolled my black ass into the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, the way this was typed, you could definitely tell it was a teenager. Oh, for sure. Well, they said at the beginning that it was years ago. Oh, okay. So, they may be in their 20s, though. Oh, yeah. That's funny, though. Yeah, I thought so, too. I'm always afraid of, like, getting into the wrong car at the grocery store. That's funny. I used to not, because when I drive my Pontiac, mm -hmm. they have my name on the windshield. Oh, yeah. So, like, I knew what car was mine. Yeah, that's... And now, like, we drive a Ford Explorer, and I feel like I see so many Ford Explorers. I'm sorry, but the name on the windshield was very cringe it was cringy but i always knew what car was mine so yeah i would be scared that somebody would like try to call my name you know because it was on my window yeah well, yeah that's true but like logan also drives a super popular car a chevy cruise and there's like four other people not mm -hmm. including us that has a chevy cruise like on our street like they're everywhere honestly um when i first got my car i didn't see a lot of my car mm -hmm. but now i do but mine's all like blacked out yeah yours is fancy looking mm -hmm. all right guys thanks for listening to my stories those this were week. good i liked those i keep trying to end on a happier note you know yeah so it started off real creepy and ended pretty good so yep. but anyway go subscribe to our patreon yep i think we already talked about that in the beginning yeah we did link in the show notes yep. everything linked in the show notes yep and we will oh go listen um to my true crime episode that will be out on friday yeah you can't listen to it right now but when it releases friday go listen yeah to that's it. what i mean go yeah. listen to it on friday yeah it will be out <laughs> all right thanks for listening see you guys later bye bye